The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your co-host, not as always, as Adam likes to say, uh, Nikki Dunnigan. And speaking of Adam, he is not with me today because this week we will be celebrating International Women's Day um, and is also going to kick off the start of Women's History Month. So I said, no boys allowed. Um, and I'm bringing on some strong, powerful, kick-ass women with a history in the golf industry and history with sports. And today we are so, so lucky to have with us a woman who is raising the bar and breaking that glass ceiling for women in sports. Um, her resume is just beyond impressive, um, including since reporting with ESPN, um, covering college golf with the PGA Tour and PGA Tour U. Um, now she is the creative director calling all the shots uh, with the Georgia Southern Athletics Program. Um, I'm so, so very honored to introduce to you one of my dear friends, Mrs. Whitney Hayworth. How are you today? Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for hyping me <laughs> up like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm super, super pumped to uh, get to talk to you today, um, even if through the computer screen. Obviously, you mentioned we're, we're good friends, so I'd much rather it be in person, but I'll take what I can get. Yes, yeah. And so a little fun fact for our GU audience, Whitney and I actually went to high school together very briefly. Um, and every so often she likes to drop one of my really insanely embarrassing yearbook photos into, um, our group chat. Um, so I, I need to actually go find my yearbooks so that I can return the favor. I think they're in the basement. So, um, but she, she keeps those in, in a lock somewhere so that she can do that to me repeatedly. So I need to return the favor for you. Um, but you know, even though we didn't graduate together and we, um, we, we didn't speak for several years though, we actually, it was ultimately golf that reconnected us. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. 
Um, and I do want to talk about some of your work in the college golf space, specifically Georgia Southern's golf team, um, who's doing pretty well right now. Um, but before we dive into that, um, because it is International Women's Day this week uh, on March 8th, I want to get into your background a little bit and kind of what really drove you into the sports industry, because um, it is a very male-dominated industry. Um, so, you know, I'm curious, kind of what what gave you that spark? What made you want to jump into sports? Yeah, absolutely. So, honestly, my love for sports and wanting to work in this industry started back when I was, I mean, probably in middle school. Um, realistically though, I'll say high school, once it was time to really figure out what I wanted to major in. Um, I was just always that girl that loved being at sporting events, loved participating in sports. And, you know, when we're 13, 14, 15, you know, all those ages, um, I was always the girl that would sit with the boys and watch football games and really know what was going on. Um, when my brother was in high school, he's four years older than I am, you know, so I was in middle school at the time you know, I'm sitting there instead of running around with all the middle schoolers at their Friday night football games, I'm sitting in the stands with my parents watching the games. Then on Saturdays, I'm going to college football games. Um, so once I was in high school, I just kind of knew I was like, I think this is a area that I really want to pursue. And just the question was, how do I how do I do that? Um, so I molded kind of two of my passions, um, just obviously the love for sport, but then also knowing that my strength in the academic world was in writing and English and journalism, um, molded those together. So I was the editor of my newspaper staff in high school um, and knew, you know, maybe if I just do sports journalism, that would be the route to go. And, you know, at that point in time growing up, you know, you and I are watching sports and the main, you know, females that we see were Holly Rowe or Aaron Andrews at the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, when everyone's in your ear saying, you're going to be the next Aaron Andrews, basically they kind of wrote the script for me. Um, <laughs> and so I was just lucky enough that the school that I wanted to go to, uh, the University of Tennessee, had an actual sports journalism track. So it was, you know, the best of both worlds that not only can I pursue what I want to major in, um, but I get to pursue it and major in it at the university that I grew up loving. Um, and you know, I'm a diehard fan of. Yeah. You've been a UT fan like your whole life, right? Born, born and bred. There was really no other choice. So <laughs> I'll take it. Now, you know, you talked about kind of Aaron Andrews and, um, you know, Holly and were there, were there any like particular female role models that you sought out in, pursuing that career in sports? Um, you know, I know you kind of watched Aaron, but were there any that you sought out as like mentors or any that particularly guided you through your path? Yeah. So I feel like there's a, a handful, um, you know, being at Tennessee and then also I interned at the university of Florida for a year, those, you know, four or five, six years of my life provided me opportunities that I may not have been given. Um, so I'm very lucky and fortunate for those times. So I was able to meet, you know, Holly Rowe and meet, uh, gosh, Laura Rutledge and Don Davenport and uh, Courtney Lyle, who's now making it on the on the big screen with ESPN and the SEC Network. She actually went to the University of Tennessee. Um, you know, Maria Taylor. Um, you know, basically anybody and everybody that you see. Um, as of late, I've had the opportunity to at least meet once and kind of pick their brains. Um, and, and shadow some of them as well. So 
it's really great that, you know, they're willing to, to take the time to get to know, you know, students um, and, and younger professionals as we all got started in the industry. So I take a little bit um, from each of them, honestly, um, and then kind of mold it into who I want to be um, and what, you know, what my strengths are. Was there, was there a particular piece of advice that they gave you that really stuck out above any other, or was it just kind of watching the way that they worked and the way that they moved um, that was what inspired you? So one saying that's really stuck out to me and kept with me to this day is something that Maria Taylor said, and it was be poised in the pocket. And it was mm. a reference that going back to football is the quarterback is all, you know, has to be poised in the pocket no matter what's going on around him. Um, and it's the same for a sideline reporter or play-by-play or, or color analyst. And you've got so much going on in a game and a broadcast, uh, but you've got to stay kind of where your feet are and focus on your role. Um, and I think it's, you know, super, especially starting out, your, your nerves are just everywhere. And you've got to realize like you're meant to be there. There's a seat for you at this table. Um, so just take that deep breath um, and know that, you know, just do your job and be yourself while doing it. So that's kind of like the second piece of advice is just to be myself and not to compare yourself to others, which in this day and age is very, very difficult. Um, but if you can just be yourself, then it's so much better of a place for your mental well-being, to be honest. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think I think that's that's in- incredible that you had so many powerful, like that, those are some big names you dropped, um, so many powerful female role models that you could look up to and that you could watch moving forward. Um, what, you know, let, let's say that there's girls out there who are now watching you and now watching you come in, come through your career. What would you say to them, you know, as they're saying, you know, I want to be the next Whitney. I want to be where she is. I want to do what she's doing. Um, what, what advice would you give to them? Um, you know, outside of the, the, you know, poison the pocket kind of piece that you just said there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in the end of it, um, from the very beginning is, and I do it honestly at a daily basis, being on a, you know, at a campus at this point in time is be willing to try anything and everything uh, and be willing to get your hands dirty. I think when we all start out, especially in the on-camera broadcasting area of things, especially as females, uh, we all want to just show up and be on camera and be a Mm. pretty face and smile. And then you finish your hits and you leave. And that's not how it works. You have to be able to learn how to run a camera and so and so shoot and edit and run cables and put together equipment. Um, I mean, daily I'm piecing together my camera that I take out and shoot things with. Um, and I think that's, I don't want to say a lost art, but something that needs to be stressed early on is to, to try everything. Because when you can do all those different things and you can have all those different skill sets, that makes you um, a better candidate when you look ahead for other jobs. Um, and, and not just on the technical side of things, but being able to also write, um, write your own scripts, come up with your own ideas, um, all of that. So then you can do a project from start to finish um, goes, I mean, helps you, like I said, exponent, exponentially. Do you think that 
this is might be going down a total rabbit hole here asking this question, but do you think that like that platforms like TikTok and the fact that you can become kind of a an instant star overnight for really not doing a whole lot, you know, um, do you think that that has changed the way that this next generation views coming into this um, this industry? You know, you have people like. Um, and now I'm completely blanking on on the girl's name. Um, it's the TikTok star that hangs out with the, the Kardashians. Um, uh, I'm totally blanking on the name. I can even tell this you shows, because I... This I shows my TikTok. age here. <laughs> <laughs> this shows my age. Um, but it, the, you know, she, she got to do red carpet reporting for, you know, a WWE event. It's never done, you know, any sort of you know, ESPN reporting before there are tons of other ESPN reporters that could have covered that event. Um, it, it, and now I feel ridiculous not knowing her name. I'm going to have to look this up. Um, there's people who are probably listening to this right now screaming. It's, it's ad not, it's not Addy something. Um, I was going to say, I'm, yeah, I have no idea, but I, I have heard of this person before so to your point and where i think i i think where you're heading with addison this, ray is, addison ray yes. that's who it is yes, yes, yes okay yes. yeah yeah yes. um yeah you know it it definitely has changed the landscape of this industry and and the world that we live in i mean you and i look at where social media was when we were in high school and college i mean i tell people today that like instagram barely existed when i was in college and they look at me like i have three heads <laughs> uh, you know, I get on TikTok like once a week, maybe. Uh, and then I still don't know how it works. I couldn't make a TikTok um, to save my life. But that's why I'm able to also work with students and, and graduate assistants in my current role that then can excel in those areas. But it does make it uh, more difficult, I would say, to kind of make it in this, in this industry because sometimes it's like you said, like someone like Addison Ray like goes on and she, she pops off on something one time and she gets all these opportunities. Whereas then you've got people that have busted their tails to get just one opportunity. Um, so it's a different kind of adversity that we have to face. Uh, and unfortunately it's not going anywhere. So it's just kind of learning how to manage it and handle it. And like I said, you know, you're be, be who you are and be where your feet are and know mm -hmm. that, you know, people are watching and appreciating what you're doing, um, whether it's on TikTok or YouTube or your, you know, ESPN or ESPN Plus, like there's there's all kinds of different outlets that we can succeed. So it doesn't really matter how you get there. Um, it just, you know, just get there wherever that place may be. That's such a good comment. Be who you are and be where your feet are. Um, that's I know I have such a hard time with that sometimes because I'm I'm, I'm so pro supporting, supporting women, every, like all women supporting women and everything. And then something like this comes up where it's, you know, you have this girl who became popular on TikTok. They gave her this ESPN spot that I know that there are so many qualified reporters and people like, and, and other women who, like you said, were busting their tail, who probably like, know so much more about this sport, who could be covering it. And in my head, I'm going like, why did you give that to her? And I have such a hard balance between like, but I'm, I'm a woman. I should be supporting this woman 
for her victory. Like, like, so let's support her victory. She, she's doing something great for her. But then there's another part of me that's like, but, but why can't I also like kind of mourn for the ones who didn't get that too, you know? And like, I think, I think that comment of like, be where your feet are is, is kind of a, a good reminder of that, of like, you know, you, you can support her for that victory. And then you can also support your friends who didn't get their, that job or that role or that, whatever, um, you know, your feet are in that supporting role in this moment and, you know, their feet are in the, um, victory role. And I think, um, that's a, a good way to look at it. Um, I don't know. I, do you have any thoughts on that? That it's, I, I have a really hard time with that sometimes of the like, Oh, way it's, supporting it's women not easy. Thing. And, and saying that, you know, the be where your feet are is something that like, I, I say that today and tomorrow, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be potentially jealous of someone else. <laughs> um, you know, it, it takes a lot and it's really a maturity thing um, to kind of realize that and know that the cliche saying of, you know, everything happens for a reason. And when one door closes, another opens and all those things. Um, but I've lived it. Um, I've had friends in this industry get jobs that I applied for that I really wanted. And yeah, I've cried my eyes out and I've been angry and mad that they got it over me. But guess what? I'm getting opportunities over other people. So that's where you kind of have to remind yourself that you may be irritated or you may see someone get something that you want, or you may think that, Hey, I can do this better. Um, but someone's also saying that about you. So it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of a vicious cycle, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, you kind of just have to learn how to manage it and know that again, like I said, in this day and age with social and digital areas, like there's a way for all of us to be out there and to have success. And, you know, maybe we're reaching 10 people and so someone's reaching 10,000 or 10 million, but who cares? Um, if you're doing what you love, then that's really all that matters. Mm, yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I also want to talk kind of briefly about, um, you know, last year golf digest published an article, um, that was really good. That was about some of the toxic and negative comments that female reporters, um, in the sports industry receive online. And specifically they highlighted, um, Kira and, uh, Amanda and Hallie. Um, I, we kind of covered like a, um, we posted a reaction kind of essay to it on our website, but, um, you know, being in this industry for as long as you have, um, do you have an opinion on, I know we've talked about this kind of offline, but is there a right way to react to these comments? Is there a wrong way? Um, you know, what's your, what's been your approach to when that comes up? So luckily I have not had a lot of negative comments come my way um, because I'm not on as big of a scale as someone like Kira or Amanda or Hallie. Um, so maybe that's a good thing. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not perfect, but you know, the heart, the heart of one of the hardest things is not reading comments and not responding to the trolls out there because there are, there are plenty of them. Um, you know, so I, I definitely feel for them. I mean, I've had the opportunity to talk with Kira and seek her advice. She and I are on the same age and have a lot in common. 
Um, you know, I love watching Amanda. She's been one of the great, greatest assets to CBS sports. And, you know, I've also had the opportunity to talk with Hallie and, and pick her brain. Um, you know, so again, like I said, like they've earned their right to be where they are. They, you know, Hallie's got a, obviously a, a massive golf background. Kira's got, has a golf, like they both, they all do. Um, mm. but they've also studied the game to get where they are, um, and, you know, they can be, they're great on camera, um, regardless of what they're talking about. Um, but, you know, you're just, unfortunately, we're in a, in a day and age where being a female is hard and you're going to get negative feedback, no matter how great you are at your job. And we just have to work 10 times as hard and study harder. Um, and even then it's still not going to be enough for certain people. And, but those people to me, like, I, I don't care. They don't matter. Um, yeah, I'm sure there will be a, the, the, the least. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sure there will be a day where someone says something that is really, really hurtful to me. Um, and I'm sure it, you know, it will bring me to tears, but I'll probably never meet that person. They probably have 12 followers on Twitter if that. And so in the end, it's just like, you got to remember they're just, you know, what do you keyboard, whatever warriors or whatever they call them. Um, so just, don't read the comments. That's basically it. Makes it makes it a whole lot easier. Easier said than done, but don't read the comments. Yeah, I I completely agree. I you know, I take I take the same approach. I'm like I don't have many people commenting about me. I'm not on any platform really at all other than this one. <laughs> um, but you know, when some when I do get any comments, it's they're easy to just okay, I'm not going to respond. I think the harder part is like I cannot respond on the platform. I cannot respond on Twitter. I cannot respond on YouTube, but it's the internal response mm -hmm. that is, that's a little more difficult. It's how I'm handling it on the inside. You know, like I had somebody comment on one of my TikTok like a while ago and tell me that my eyebrows were too far apart. And like, I went the next day and had my eyebrows done because it ruined me like for that week. And, but I didn't respond to them. I didn't comment and say like, you're wrong. I didn't respond on the the post, but internally I was like, oh, I should fix this, you know? And so it's, it's that kind of internal response. I think that takes a little more work, I think, than, you know, the external, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of a response, mm -hmm. but, um, Unfortunately, I now have given that person the satisfaction of knowing that I did go get my eyebrows done <laughs> and that I did take their criticism, but um, yeah. Well, they look great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, I, I do want to get into um, your, your current role and um, I want to start with, you know, college golf a little bit. Um, you know, you've worked with the PGA Tour and, you know, the PGA Tour U. Um, now you're working with um, Georgia Southern Athletics, um, the, the entire athletic program, but um, spe specifically the golf team. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up the golf team is you guys have a player who is participating um, actually this week in the Puerto Rican Open, but we're also going to see him in Augusta this year, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. That's exciting. Okay, so he's this is his first invite to Augusta. Yes. Let me see if yes. I can pull up this. Um yeah, okay, yeah. So I saw this um this tweet 
that he posted here, which first of all, I can't even imagine like getting this invite in the mail and seeing the like embossed logo and right. Um, yeah. A dream come true. Truly. Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons. And if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum. So you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of the rest of uh, your work and kind of what you're doing now, just so that you know other people who are kind of inspired to get into this industry know the really the depth of what you can do. Um, you know, I think like you were saying before people see, you know, women in the sports industry and they see, they think, Oh, I can be Aaron Andrews. And they think that's very, a very limited scope of what they can be. It's like, I'm either on camera or that's, that's it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'd love, I'd love for people to know what your role is now and what you're doing now. Um, because I think it's, first of all, incredibly badass the fact that what you're doing and that you run this entire thing um but i think it's important for people to know that there are other outlets within working for sports that aren't just being aaron andrews with a microphone on the field you know mm-hmm. not that you don't yeah. still do that too but <laughs> yeah so i'll try to kind of put it all in a nutshell cuz I like to ramble on a lot, Um, but basically, so I oversee all of Georgia Southern Athletics creative and digital strategies. So I oversee a team of creatives, which ain't, so that's photographers, videographers, graphic designers, social media, you know, managers. Um, I work directly with our sports information department. I work directly with our ESPN plus crew called Gata Productions. Um, and so basically, obviously we're always strategizing and creating the content and formulating the best ways to release it, um, whether it's on certain platforms or at certain times. Um, so not, you know, no one day is the same. And that's honestly why I love being in this industry is because I'm not coming to work every day and just sitting in front of an Excel sheet, uh, from nine to five, that would drive me insane. Um, but like I said, you know, obviously overseeing all of those different areas, um, I do a little bit of everything. So my bread and butter in particular is shooting and editing video and also doing on-air stuff. Um, I'm not a great graphic designer. I can work off a template. Um, I'm not a great photographer. Uh, that's something that I'm working on. Um, but I've got a good set of people, both full-time graduate assistants and students um, that can help me out. And that's one of the most fun things too about my job is seeing people, um, especially freshmen and sophomores, um, you know, and even juniors and seniors getting involved at an early age um, and being great at what they do. One of my best videographers right now is a sophomore um, and he creates a lot of the hype videos that you see out on Georgia Southern, um, Georgia Southern's platforms. Um, But that's, you know, a little of what I do, or at least kind of what I oversee um, like I said, it, every day is different. So like once I finish with you today, like I've got a couple different editing projects that I'll dive into. Um, earlier this morning, I helped someone with a video shoot. Um, so it just, you know, it changes day to day. 
um, but it keeps me on my toes. And, you know, like you mentioned, obviously, uh, kind of overseeing all of athletics, I get to dabble in a lot of different teams, um, some more than others. And one that I definitely get to work with um, most directly, especially now that we're in the spring season, are our men's and, and women's golf teams. Um, just, you know, having a golf background myself uh, makes me want to work with them, obviously. Um, but we are very lucky right now that both teams are very successful. And like you mentioned, obviously, we've got Ben Carr on the team who will be who was the U.S. amateur fi finalist uh this this past summer which got him the invitation to the masters and then the u.s open come this summer so um, it's exciting to kind of follow his journey um he also got um just got into pg tour canada i think q school or something you know how it's always complicated how all those steps go um but he keeps crushing it um <laughs> and then our women uh you know they're looking to defend their sunbelt conference championship title this fall or this spring rather um, so it's fun to work with them, but it's also fun. I mean, we've got 17 teams here that I get to get to, uh, kind of touch one way or another, um, and, um, see their success. And your college football team this season had a huge season. Like remember, um, let me put up this. Yeah. You guys had an amazing season, a big bowl game at the end of the year. Um, and, um, you know, I'm being from Georgia, I, Georgia Southern's a team that it's very easy to follow. Um, I knew several people who went to Georgia Southern. So, um, it's, um, like you said, there's several athletic teams there. The baseball season is also starting up college baseball. Um, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. I know I see you're wearing your orange and white today for, <laughs> for, for Tennessee. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things that you kind of mentioned was talking about the strategy and kind of overseeing all of it. Um, you know, is that something that, you know, that you had to, you know, you also mentioned learning, getting a little bit better at the photography and like that your bread and butter is video, but you're getting a little better at photography and that like you're, you're, um, you can do graphic design from a template, but, um, and you talked about earlier learning, everything, you know, that you can't just like walk in and, you know, be like, I'm going to be the star of the show. Um, mm -hmm. you know, is that, is that something that to, to new people coming in, is there kind of really one area that you would say, Hey, make sure you focus on this, or is it kind of folk learn everything, you know, if you were wanting to get into a role like yours? Yeah. So I think it's good to know a little bit about everything. But in the end, you're not going to be a pro at it all. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not by any means. But I think when you're looking at like job descriptions, say there's five you know bullet points that they a job wants you to have. Like to be able to have three of those five, maybe even two of those five, you know, is good. Um, you can learn those other two or three when you get there, or maybe you've got a little bit of experience, but you know, you can get better and you just haven't maybe had the resources or the network to help you get better. Um, and so that's kind of what I think when you look at things like that is, you know, if you at least are familiar with a couple different things, that's going to help you um, in the long run to at least be aware of, Oh, I, you know, I can't, make a graphic from scratch, but I know what goes into it. And so a true graphic designer, like they need time. I can't go to them 24 hours before I need something and say, Hey, this is what I want it to look like and know that, you know, 
that they're going to get it to me in time. Some of them maybe can. Um, but like, I know the intricacies of certain things that it's like, you've got to have some time, some turnaround time. Um, but you know, there's obviously a lot goes into some of these roles. Um, so like I said, you're not going to know everything, but, um, to be at least aware of what it takes for certain people to do it really, really helps. That's a, that's an extremely good point is being aware of it takes for your team members to help you do your job. Um, and I think that's to your point of, if you only have two of the five skills that they're looking for on a resume, especially relating this all back to international women's day, um, when it comes to women applying to roles and women, you know, looking at job description and, you know, women are still unfortunately considered a minority, you know, in the workplace and, I, I have talked to so many friends of mine I know who will look at a job, job description and go, I would love to do this role. I would love to work in this job, but it says three years of experience, or it says five years of experience and I only have three. And I can't tell you how many times I have said apply anyway, like, mm-hmm. you know, or just like you're saying, oh, well, I can do three of these five things, but I don't know. It wants me to know how to use, uh, you know, Adobe Premiere, but I've only used iMovie apply anyway. Like they're the same thing. Just tell them like I've used iMovie, you know, just in the interview, tell them I've used iMovie. It's not that hard to learn the other, you know? And I think part of that comes with growing in your career. Part of that comes with, um, you know, you, you will figure that out as you interview with more and more roles, but you know, other, other, other things like that, as you've gone through your career that you have kind of figured out, as well that you would tell to other women as they're applying to, to jobs. Yeah. I mean, basically what you said is just apply, who cares what everything says. Like, obviously if it, if it's asking for 10 years, 10 plus years of experience and you only have three, like you're probably not going to get that job. Um, but one day you will, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, I think it's definitely tough coming right out of college because so many jobs say, you know, X amount of experience. And maybe that's just two to three years, but you're sitting there like, well, how am I ever going to get experience if someone doesn't take a chance? And so that's where you just have to apply and hope that someone does take a chance um, because you never know um, what may stand out on your resume um, that that person is that hiring manager is looking for. um, And maybe that, you know, opens that door. Um, You know, like I said, same thing with the experiences, you just have to kind of honestly ignore all of that. I mean, I don't have a master's and I couldn't tell you how many jobs I've applied to in the past that says Mm -hmm. that a master's is required or preferred, you know, so some jobs, absolutely. It's going to help, but you know, here, here I am. And I'm pretty sure the one that this one, this one in particular also probably asked for a master's, but, uh, I still got it. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of buzzwords and things that highlight, um, you know, job descriptions and thing and applications right now that scare people away. Um, but just don't let it. I mean, I know that sounds like pretty simple. Um, but also like you mentioned, obviously females are a minority. So you're, we're already almost in one way, have a leg up at certain positions, um, just because of that. So honestly, why not take it and use it to your advantage? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. There, there's been so many times where I've looked at a like in early in my career, I, I shied away for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but as I moved on in my career, there'd be roles. I'd be like, 
that's screw it. Let's just see what happens, you know, and send an application. And, you know, there sometimes it's like you, you don't get the interview and you get a rejection email almost immediately. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's other times when it's like, hey, you're surprised you get an interview. And then you find out in the interview that it turns out they were looking for someone with a little more knowledge on this feature than you thought. And so, um, but you, you don't know that until you get into the interview. And sometimes it turns out that like, you know, you get into the interview and you can wow them, you know, and it, you, you know that you could do this job if you just get into the interview and you can show them your skills. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think that's the, the big takeaway is apply anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, so before we, before we wrap all this up, um, I know we talked about this briefly and, you know, your love of college football. We talked about how you are a diehard balls fan. Um, but I wanted to kind of play a, a little game um, and kind of relate college football back into golf uh, briefly um, and do some uh, word association um, and just kind of we will probably debate on this because you and I are fans of different college football teams. <laughs> but um, if you had to match a college football team to each of the four majors, who would go where? So basically, okay. like when I say the name of one of the four majors, what would be the first college football team that comes to mind or that you associate with that major? Um, so We'll start with the, we'll start with the first one, um, the Masters. All right, uh, can I have two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do two. Yeah, I I was looking, right. looking at this earlier and thinking of two. Some of them I'm I kind of dropped like a full uh, a full category on. Yeah. Okay, so Masters, it pains me to say, um, but I would give it. I would say Alabama or Georgia. I said the exact same. And I, I said UGA just because it's in Georgia, you know, yep. but then Alabama also, cause it, it's just, it's Southern and the, or you could just throw the whole SEC on it, you know, just. Yeah. I'll take that uh, too. Yeah. 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 And my thought, my thought process is the masters is in the same place every year. So mm -hmm. you, we know what to expect. And as of late, it's been Alabama and Georgia in the college football playoff. Um, you know, and as of the past two years, like you kind of, to your point, Georgia's won it. So like, how can you almost not go with Georgia in that regard? Mm -hmm. Um, but though, yeah, those would be the first two that just came to mind. That's a good point. Yeah. Keeping it in the, like the same place, kind of Alabama plays in the SEC championship in Atlanta in the same place every year, it seems like. So yeah, that's good. Um, all right. The PGA championship. Oh God. That one's tough. I, I, I took the cop. I just said a Big Ten school, like that. Okay. That's kind of the way my brain aligned it. But I don't know that I could align a specific one. Maybe Ohio State. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. I kind of like that Big Big Ten or Big Twelve. You're moving locations. Um, we've got lots of realignment going on as of late. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you just never know who's going to win it. Kind of like a dark horse. Well, they'll surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like, I don't know, maybe this is, this is just how I feel about it. Anyway, I know other people rank the majors differently. It's almost the one that's like, you, 
especially since they moved it to May, you kind of forget about it. It's like the one, it's like, oh yeah, we got to get through the this one. one. To got get, away. Yeah. It's, you gotta, you gotta get through it to get to the U S open in between the masters and the U S open. Um, not that it's not a great major, but it's like, you know, let's just, let's get through it and get to the next, the, the U S open. Um, which brings us to the U S open. Uh, I'm going to go with Georgia Southern because Ben Carr will be playing in the U S open. And I didn't go with Georgia Southern for the masters. Um, so anybody that might be watching this, they may be upset that I didn't go that route. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, U S open changes location. Um, sometimes there's a surprise, but obviously Ben Carr, he's a, he is a Georgia boy. Um, mm. and so, you know, who wouldn't love to see one, um, a surprise victory, an underdog, which George Southern is typically um, looked at as, um, you know, the underdog be went out and beat Nebraska and was America's favorite that weekend. Um, so, you know, Ben Carr was America's favorite at the USAM. So honestly, it would really be fitting for him to, for Georgia Southern, uh, I feel like to be referenced to, to the US Open. That is a much better answer than mine. I went <laughs> such the cop-out route. I went USC, which is like America's team, the U.S. Open. That That's the only thing I could think of for that. I couldn't really think of anything like anything else. So that, yeah, your answer is way, way better than mine. But it is ironic that you said USC because Georgia Southern's head coach, Clay Halton, did coach at USC for a number of years. So oh, at least we had that vibe oh, going on. Those connections, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm Georgia yeah. Southern all the way. Um, all right. So the open. Who? I, this, I went, I went Notre Dame, but like, <laughs> okay. Or, or Harvard or like an Ivy league. Okay. That is funny that you said Notre Dame. Cause I was thinking of, um, I can't think of his name, but one specific player came to mind, but you know, I guess, was it the Catholic route that you were thinking and like Catholic Irish? Yeah. Know? Like I was thinking like, because it's like, it's overseas. It's like old school. It's like very like the beginning of Classic, golf. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like the castles and like St. Andrews and like, you know, Notre Dame's got like the old buildings and mm -hmm. Harvard has like in Yale, they have like they're established. Yep. I like Notre Dame. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. that one. Um, and then it's not a major, but the players. Just, yeah. Just because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this, it's coming up. Um, I mean, do we just go with the University of Florida for that one? So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say Florida, but I did say, I said Florida State or maybe Miami. Just they're, they're kind of, party schools not the players isn't really it's not a party like the waste management but it is um yeah okay we can go with florida too that's fine i guess because it's it's in florida it's got the island green yeah but, yeah there are billy, you know billy horschel i feel like is a big advocate of the players obviously he lives in jackson pontevedra like i don't know yeah, that's up to been, you you're, you're been, the florida there's fan been gators the yeah there's been gators at the tournament like people have had the yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could go with that. Okay. I'm cool. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> um, thank you again so very much for being with us today. Um, where, where can people find you on social or 
if you don't want people to find you specifically, where can they find Georgia Southern Athletics? <laughs> well, they can find me at my my handle at Whitney Hayworth. Um, <laughs> but highly recommend going to follow Georgia Southern Athletics at GS Athletics on Twitter and Instagram. And basically then every sport is GS Athletics underscore like their abbreviations. But, you know, start at athletics and then you'll find everything else. Um, and then kind of the same thing on Facebook, Georgia Southern Athletics, Georgia Southern Baseball, um, et cetera. So we would we would love the follows and the engagements um, as we look forward to, you know, the the spring season just really beginning. So, yep. And be sure to follow Ben Carr um, as he makes his debut in Augusta in only a few short weeks, actually. It's not yes. not that far away. Yeah, it will Very be exciting. here before we know it. I know, I know. All right, well, cue, cue the theme song now. Yes, I know. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be chills already. Um, all right, well, thank you again so very much for being with us today, and thank you all for listening. Um, we will be back again next week, and make sure you're to follow us on social at Golf Unfiltered, and feel free to send us any comments, questions, or concerns. Um, actually send them Adam's way. Cause, um, that's probably better. Um, send them, you can send them to Adam at golfunfiltered.com and we will see you again next week. Thanks. Thank you.